0: In the United States, there's about $304 billion a year spent on advertising. Um, Of that $304 billion that's spent, only 6% or $18 billion is spent annually on the Hispanic audience. Right? And when you talk about multicultural audiences, it's, 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 it's percentage-wise, it's even smaller. So that, if that isn't an opportunity for an advertiser that wants to be intentional in terms of reaching this, a, an audience that's underrepresented from an advertising perspective, I don't know what will.
1: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of IntentWise Connect. Today, we're going to be talking about a super interesting topic, which is how should brands reach multicultural audience and drive growth for their businesses, especially on platforms like Amazon. And I have an exciting guest uh, today. Uh, his name is Christian Martinez. Christian, thank you for joining. Thank you for having me. Christian is the head of uh, ProfitLogic US and multicultural ProfitLogic is a full service Amazon agency as well as a technology provider. Uh, and Kristen, uh, we'll dig into the topic of multicultural. But I would love for you to take a moment to introduce yourself, also touch on your background that is super relevant for this for the, for today's conversation.
0: Sure, perfect. Well, again, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. And, and yeah, as you mentioned, uh, I am currently the president of Profit Logic US and Multicultural. Um, and for better or worse, I have been in the multicultural space for the better part of, of over twenty years at this point. Um, I started my career working at uh, Univision, which is the largest Spanish language media company for over 14 years, both on the digital as well as the uh, uh, network television side in a variety of roles over that time. And then I I went over to Facebook, uh, where I spent uh, six years basically building out their multicultural business. And I I oversaw that business uh, from from its inception uh, and grew it to a, a relatively large uh, a business over over that time. So um, I, I, I've been in the space for quite some quite some time, focusing on multicultural audiences, with a bigger focus on the uh, on the Hispanic or Latino uh, populations in the U.S.
1: Fantastic, love the background, and I think who better to talk about this segment than you? For us, uh, it's also interesting you pointed out Facebook, Christian. Uh, generally, what my observation about. Conversations about multicultural has been, it tends to be one where you have like large business to consumer companies talk about it this a whole lot more. They even have groups uh, dedicated to that audience. Uh, And Clearly, you're heading one of those at Facebook. I think just to kick things off, right, for the benefit of the audience, let's just go ahead and define what multicultural audience means in like very specific terms.
0: Sure, sure. So generally speaking, multicultural audiences are really any minority group in the US. Um, And from an advertising perspective, specifically, it's any of these audiences that advertisers are trying to effectively reach. If they're doing it right, it's in a culturally relevant way. Um, However, really the big three groups that you talk about when you're talking about multicultural audiences from an advertising perspective are the Latino uh, audience, which is, you know, the biggest by far, uh, specifically in terms of size, they constitute 61.5 million uh, people within the U.S., uh, which is 19% of the population. So, so that is the, 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 the most sizable audience and the most easily to identify and reach because there's a common language. Second is the African-American audience, which uh, constitutes about 14% of the population, roughly 48 million people. And uh, last but not least is, the, is is really the more complex one, which is the what's called the Asian American audience, um, which constitutes about 7.5% and roughly 20 million people. That one is a little bit more convoluted, if you will, because obviously in terms of what we call Asian American here in the U.S., there's a lot of... of different groups that are that are constituted. There are a lot of different languages that are that are part of that equation. But from an advertising perspective, in in order to reach critical mass, advertisers try to group that audience into into one larger segment uh, of 20 million people. So that when we're talking about multicultural audiences, really, those are the big three. uh, And those are the ones that that advertisers or some advertisers actually have um, budgets allocated for to try to effectively reach them across multiple media platforms.
1: Understood. And then what, there must be a metric around their own, their contribution to overall uh, sales slash GDP in the country, right?
0: Yeah, and that's where it gets really interesting. And that's that's really where the opportunity becomes much more evident in terms of being a business imperative for, for advertisers and, and businesses, both large and small. Um, in terms of total economic output in 2020, all of those three multicultural groups that I just mentioned Um, constituted 5.7 trillion dollars in terms of purchasing power that would make it the third largest economy uh, if it were an independent standalone country after the us and china Um, so so that that number alone is, is staggering to break it down a little bit more when you start talking about the single biggest one of those groups which is the the latino market In 2020, they generated $2.8 trillion, uh, which would make just the Latino community, the the Latino population in this country, the fifth largest country, if it were a standalone country in terms of of GDP. So when I say it's a business imperative, it it really is a business imperative for any advertisers who are, or businesses in general, that are looking for a way to effectively grow their business. What's even more interesting about that, or, or, or should excite businesses even more, is that this is right in our own backyard, right? They don't have to look for different distribution uh, chains or different, different distribution channels, and, you know, dealing with the legalities of other countries. This is right in your own backyard, and it's very simple if you customize some of your marketing to effectively reach these audiences with, uh, you know, with this incredible buying power. So, and, and I'm sorry, um, one last thing that, that I didn't wanna mention, just going back to the population piece in particular, the opportunity is only going to get bigger. Um, in fact, all projections show that by 2044, roughly, these, the, the United States, the, these groups in particular will constitute what's called a minority majority of the country. It'll be the first time in history that a group of minorities actually become the majority in terms of population. And when we're talking about what their, you know, what the quote-unquote GDP or purchasing power of these groups is today, you can only imagine what it will be twenty plus years down the road. So it really is important for uh, for companies and advertisers uh, to to get ahead of this opportunity now.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is quite staggering, right? If you don't sit and think about these audiences every day, you have no idea how big these numbers are. I mean, <clears throat> the one sad that I just want to reiterate that you stated is like. So this audience makes up th- the third largest in terms of uh, GDP <laughs> after US and China. Did, did, is that did I get that right?
0: That that's correct. Yeah, I would. If, if you if you take all the multicultural groups together in terms of purchasing power, uh, we're talking about five point seven trillion dollars. So the only economies larger than that are,
1: are China and the US. That is insane. <clears throat> um, super helpful. Um, uh, I think that kind of. Defines what this segment is. and so if 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 you don't mind me getting very specific, so if I'm a shopper on Amazon, uh, I'm in the u s somewhere. I probably have set my preferences to, let's say Spanish, and I see all my content in Spanish, but I'm in the u s um, you know making my purchases on Amazon, for instance, yep. uh, with all the all the language and everything in spanish. is that is that 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 would be a persona? <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I'll, I'll dive in a little bit more, more into detail there. Amazon actually has an audience called Spanish language preferred currently on Amazon, which uh, is, is comprised of 35 million people who actively have their language settings set to Spanish and are, are actively searching in Spanish. So you have, uh, you have the ability to reach these people. If you're, if you're you know, targeting them effectively and, and targeting them in language. So there's a there's a, a, a very sizable opportunity just on Amazon on loan to reach the, um, the the Spanish language preferred audience. So so yes, if you if you were to to run advertising uh, both from a DSP perspective uh, as well as from um, from a, a content perspective, you know in terms of storefronts, you 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 could properly engage this audience in a very effective
1: way. Thirty five million registered Spanish preferred. Audience on Amazon today. That is correct. Super interesting stat. And so, Amazon, if I understand correctly, is already translating this content. Can you walk us through how that works?
0: Yes. So, 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 yeah. So, Amazon will translate uh, into Spanish and into certain other languages as well, um, which you know can get can get you by uh, at least to start. Unfortunately, as we know with a lot of these platforms, not only Amazon, but Google and even Facebook, the computer generated translations are usually not ideal. Uh, they translate part of, of, the, of, of the content, but don't translate others. And even some of the, tra- the actual translations are incorrect. Um, so it's not the ideal way to do that. You're better off working with uh, a company such as, as, as Profit Logic, where we have the ability to uh, professionally translate into Spanish the content that you're looking to translate in order to effectively and, and col- in a culturally relevant way reach this this audience.
1: Can you walk me through a specific example of what you describe as not ideal when it comes to uh, shoppers' experience?
0: Yeah, so, um, and, and we actually, we have uh, on some of our presentations, we have side-by-side comparisons of, of what a translation from you know the Amazon computer-generated translation looks like. And like I said, you can understand a portion of it, uh, but there are words that are are not properly translated. There are other words that are left in English because the the, the system doesn't actually know how to translate them. There's misspellings. Uh, so there's a lot of things that don't make it an ideal experience for uh, for one of the Spanish language preferred customers to be able to consider your product uh, or or truly be able to understand the the full extent of your of your content if um, if they are Spanish language dominant. So it really does come down to, to, to that, you know, partial translation, incorrect translations, misspellings. Um, so you, you, can, you can get a gist of what it is that they're trying to translate, but it's not gonna be 100% ideal or, or understandable to, to all of the consumers anyway.
1: Makes sense. And as marketers, I think we can all agree, context, relevance, personalization, all these matter. <laughs> so if, uh, so if, if I'm a brand, and, it's, you know, what are successful brands doing about this uh, and what should every brand think about uh, when it comes to those things?
0: Yes, it's a great question. So, you know, there are a lot of brands out there that, that, that do address these audiences in a very culturally relevant way. And that's really the first step is understanding that um, you should be reaching these audiences in a culturally relevant way. And outside of Amazon, you know, when you're talking about just brand advertising, culturally relevant doesn't always mean you're only speaking to them in Spanish or, um, you, you know, it, 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 there can be cultural winks. So showing a, a family of Hispanic households eating foods that are relevant to, to Hispanics, um, th- those are all cultural winks that, that, that the, the intended audience receives in a, in a, in a, you know, in a very positive way. Uh, so just being intentional and authentic about the way you're, you're trying to reach these audiences is, is the first step. Um, obviously there's different segments of, uh, when we're talking about the, the Latino population in general, there are some that are more acculturated in terms of language usage, um, but the significant, the, the, the vast majority, about 50% or more of the audience are Spanish language dominant. So not only taking that cultural wink, but also making sure that you're addressing that large segment of the audience in proper Spanish is, is a big step, um, but certainly a step in the right direction. And when you're talking about reaching them on Amazon specifically, you know, we're talking about the sheer numbers of 35 million people that are actively searching in Spanish and have their Spanish language, excuse me, Spanish language settings set to Spanish. Um, you have It's an imperative that you have to be reaching them in language uh, and not just taking those cultural cues to try to effectively reach them.
1: Makes sense. So, how are you guys helping brands today? Uh, do you, I mean, assuming there's tons of translation, yeah. uh, how do you do that at scale? Uh, yeah. what exactly are you doing for brands? Walk us through that, please.
0: Yeah, so, so you know, we have a team of uh, of experts that that like myself come from a multicultural background in terms of advertising um, that can help advise. Uh, advertisers as well as agencies on the best way to take, you know, give that cultural wink to the audiences, both in terms of images um, and in terms of context. From a translation perspective, we have a team of um, of, of, of translators who uh, are are who are both bilingual in English and Spanish. That we, you know, will, will be almost the the final pass through after our after our AI translation. Um, We will use, uh, you know, make sure that there's a human element to making sure that the translation is um, human in nature and properly translated as well. So we have several steps that we follow through to make sure that that ultimate translation is uh, as as human in nature as possible and is uh, as proper grammatically speaking as, as possible as well.
1: What do brands with like, I'm assuming like, you know, Costs around this are obviously proportional to the number of products they have. And if I'm a brand with a massive portfolio, are they doing, you know, do you recommend they do this for kind of top sellers? Or do you, how do you see your process working? Or is it one where you don't have to think about scale leading up to prohibitive costs in the way you have set up the process? How, how should a brand think about that?
0: So the answer is is it really depends. But what we always do is we have a proprietary tool called Actionable Insights that allows us to look at different ASINs uh, and and look at the keywords and categories that those ASINs represent and look at really the competitive set in those categories and and product segments to understand where the biggest volume in terms of search volume uh, constitutes the biggest opportunity for an advertiser. So say an advertiser has a specific product, we would look at all those different categories in terms of Spanish language on Amazon to see where the highest volume in terms of search lies. And then we would allow, we would use that to allow us to dictate the strategy in terms of telling that advertiser, these are the products or these are the categories that you should focus on. So we really do take a very data-driven approach as opposed to telling, you know, any advertiser, you should translate all of your, all of your ASINs and um, and, and and try to market them all on the platform. We really try to take a data-driven approach to tell them these are the ones that you should focus on and our actionable insights tool really helps us hone in on that.
1: Understood. Oftentimes, uh, translations and content, you know, you end up with some interesting, fascinating examples <laughs> when things go wrong. Do you have one for us? Uh, I mean, I don't speak Spanish, but I think but, I'm sure a bunch of my audience does. does. So if you have an uh, anecdote to share, that'd be awesome.
0: I'm trying to think of one. Now you put me on the spot. So I, I, now one won't come to mind, but I studied marketing in school and there was so there was so many examples that I even remember back in school and college that we looked at in different countries where you know U.S. advertisers tried to enter a Latin market Um, and incorrectly translated or named the product and it actually was insulting to the to the local population and there's there's tons of case studies like that where um where you know the the literal translation when taken from english to spanish by a non-spanish speaker actually meant something insulting right so um and i apologize i can't think of one right now that's okay i'll just Yeah, Uh, all good, Um, but there are there are several like that. And and that's why context is really the cultural context is really important, because just because the literal definition translation of a word, you know, translates to x, it doesn't necessarily mean that that translation is received in a, uh, in a positive way by by, you know, the, the, in this case, the the Latino audience in Spanish.
1: I did have one question, Christian comes to translating content, right? Obviously, there's content on shopping platforms like Amazon's so or Walmart or what have you. yeah do you see a lot of brands uh, putting an in effort into translating product packaging as well to serve the audience better? and if so, what do you see and are you getting involved in that as well?
0: Yeah, that's a great question so so there is a spectrum of that, and there are a lot of advertisers that do translate and have you know product packaging in both English and Spanish. The beauty of the us hispanic market is that that is not necessarily hundred percent necessary. It's just like pages, transacting, you know, pages in terms of, of the transaction that the payment page aren't necessarily needed to be fully translated in order for that audience to be able to transact product packaging. Isn't hundred percent necessary either. These audiences live in the U S are fairly acculturated so they you know they 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 are able to to purchase products and understand the, the the gist of what they're buying even if the product packaging isn't translated the same with the you know the transactional uh, pages on on any website for that matter however the advertising um and obviously product descriptions right so when, when you're talking about amazon having that a plus content in spanish just to be able to provide that additional context to the to the consumer is really what's key. The advertising is key in terms of, of being able to have that person or that audience feel that that advertiser is actually speaking to them. So in terms of you know all my years of experience with this market, um, that really is the bigger component, as opposed to say, telling an advertiser, you need to translate every facet of your product packaging and and you know and, and websites, um, that just isn't 100% necessary. That would be necessary if you were entering another market, right? If you were entering another country, but that is the beauty of the, of the US Latino market is that um, you don't have to go to such great extents in order to service that audience. And I just remembered one of the examples that you were looking for. There was an example of, I think it was Hugo, uh, the car manufacturer many, many years ago in the 1980s trying to enter Latin America. And they named the car, the, the car they tried to go to market with was Hugo Nova, N-O-V-A. In Spanish, Nova means doesn't go. So <laughs> they were marketing a car
1: that in name or indicated <laughs> it wasn't gonna run. So you can imagine what a blunder that was. I'm
0: glad that one just came to mind because that's a, that's a pretty funny one.
1: Oh yeah, totally. I mean, I, I think I mean, I've, I've read a few like this. I can't remember one, but yeah, yeah. translations, context have resulted in many funny things, uh, unwanted funny things. Absolutely. If there was one piece of advice for the audience, around the context of multicultural audience, uh, audience, audience, um, what would that be?
0: Yeah, yeah, the the biggest piece of advice, and we covered some of this is, uh, you know, be intentional in the way you're speaking to these audiences. Really go out of your way as an advertiser to make sure that that audience feels valued in terms of that cultural wink or that cultural nod. Um, Obviously, when you're speaking to the, the Latino audience, um, especially if it's a Spanish language preferred audience that you are speaking to them in Spanish and that you have that content translated into Spanish that goes a long way in terms of winning over that audience. And these audiences tend to be very brand loyal. So once they, they feel that they've been embraced by a brand, there's a lot of research that shows, especially in the Hispanic, um, in the Hispanic community, they will be, you know, lifetime buyers of that product these His- Hispanics in particular have uh, larger households, right? It's, it's very common in the Hispanic household to have multi-generational households. So from a CPG perspective, you know, when, when a company is talking about uh, consumer packaged goods, the ability to win over those audiences means that you'll have a consumer for life and that will be transacting at a higher rate than the general market because they have larger households. Um, and one other you know, important tidbit to understand is just to kind of exemplify the opportunity here, and this is specifically for the Hispanic community. The, the for multicultural in general, it, it stands as well. Is in the United States, there's about 304 billion dollars a year spent on advertising. Um, of that 304 billion dollars that's spent, only six percent, or 18 billion dollars, is spent annually on the Hispanic audience, right? And when you talk about multicultural audiences, it's it's, it's, it's percentage wise, it's even smaller. So that. If that isn't an opportunity for an advertiser that wants to be intentional in terms of reaching this, an audience that's underrepresented from an advertising perspective, I don't know what will. When you're you're talking about that type of purchasing power, right? we talked about the GDP example before, and being underrepresented in terms of advertising spend, that really does um, create an incredible opportunity for, for any advertiser that's willing to take the time and invest the minimal resources to effectively reach them. It will pay out dividends. At this point, it's a business imperative, especially when we talk about the population trends uh, over the next several years.
1: This actually is a great point. I mean that disparity between percent of ad spend going after this audience versus where they are from a purchasing power perspective. Absolutely especially in the in the current context where certainly on Amazon, you know, CPCs are up. A lot of the supply chain costs still are up when everyone is trying to eke out wins. right? It is certainly a compelling um, setup to yep. be focusing on. Absolutely. One additional question just came to mind. Is there a way to A-B test outcomes of this?
0: Yeah. You Yeah. Yeah, I think I think there are, um, you know, obviously, a lot of the advertisers that that we're working with on this are are selling to the general market, for lack of a better term, uh, you know, non non multicultural audiences. So you, in theory, you can take the same ASIN and have or storefront, however you want to look at it and have one translated into Spanish properly translated into Spanish with the right advertising strategy, targeting these audiences and compare the ROAS. Uh, to your general market, buy and and really compare head to head to see which one is producing a, a higher a higher ROAS. Um, you know, I think nine out of ten times you're going to see, based on what you're spending against this audience, the, the ROAS is going to be extremely positive, um, and and will will drive you as an advertiser to direct more funds towards these audiences. So I think that's the best A/B test you can do is literally a head to head comparison between your your multicultural or in this case, you know, Spanish language preferred strategy compared to what your non-multicultural or general market um, investment looks like. And you can, you can compare it head to head just from a ROAS perspective.
1: Makes sense. Yeah. So just, a, I mean, just, I'm taking some notes here. I mean, a few things, a few stats really stand out, at least from my perspective, that right? multicultural audience, if that were a separate country would be third largest in terms of purchasing power. I mean, that stat is just crazy and super interesting. 35 million shoppers in Amazon have a preference um, called out for Spanish on the site. That is super interesting. And the huge disparity between percent of media spend going towards this audience versus their purchasing power that sounds like an interesting opportunity for brands to think about. Absolutely. Um, yeah, this has been, uh, certainly for me, super uh, educational, uh, Kristen. Thank you for taking the time. And uh, this has been valuable. And uh, hopefully some of our audience members will reach, will reach out to you. And hopefully they'll have a focus on this segment. But again, thank you so much. And uh, look forward to being in touch.
0: Thank you, Srinath. I really appreciate the time. And this was, uh, I really enjoyed the, 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 the segment. So thank you so much for inviting me on.
1: Absolutely. Take care. Thank you for listening. Check out the past episodes of Intendwise Connect at intentwise.com slash podcast.